Today we have Melissa Kravacek. I've written eight books in the last three years. Five of them have hit the international bestseller list and the top 1% of US executives two years in a row. Welcome. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, former teacher and athlete, now turned lifestyle entrepreneur, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and host of the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Every week, I start it off with me, myself, and I, and my thoughts on the week. Get to the podcast. I'm getting to it, Adam. As usual, please do head over to ayalpha.com to connect with the show, connect with me, and really get all the exclusive stuff and what it's all about. The easiest and most interactive way is men, please do head over to my completely free men's mastermind on Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, have some interaction, and basically connect with like-minded individuals. And that's what it's really all about. Please do share, review, like. Um, if, you ha- if you have been listening to this for a while and you haven't managed to get a chance to review it, please do, it makes a huge difference. So I'd really appreciate that. And reach out to me, connect. I'd love to hear your story and what you're up to and what you're doing to make a difference and a change in yourself and in the world. Enjoy this week, speak to you soon, and I look forward to sharing this week's guest. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, live limitless. Okay, today we have Melissa Kravacek on the line. Now, Melissa is a transformation expert. She helps take people who have experienced devastation, death, divorce, and helps them create radical change in their lives, businesses, and families. So we're going to really dig into that side of things today. But firstly, Melissa, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I'm totally ready to awaken my alpha. I think people think I'm male anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can dig into that. <laughs> but is there anything else you'd like to add highlight well i can add a couple things so people know who i am i've written eight books in the last three years five of them have hit the international bestseller list and the top one percent of u.s executives two years in a row um evolution magazine's top power player under 40 inc magazines um 30 under 30 the list goes on and on it does Um, (laughs) what i do (laughs) so yeah one of the key things you didn't you mentioned a lot of good stuff there you gave it all away and moved to india is one of the key highlights i like that and i want to talk about traveling and when i said where are you where are you based you're you're a traveling nomad you mentioned tell us tell us a little bit about your origins like where are you originally from um and what did you want to be and do growing up. Yeah, I wanted to deliver babies. I'm doing a good job at that, obviously. Oh <laughs> um, no, seriously, that is what I wanted to do. But I ended up working in retail from a very young age, um, and I became Walmart's youngest store manager ever at 19. And then I got fired for doing the right thing. So seven years ago, I was actually broke and homeless, fifty thousand in debt, five maxed out credit cards and wondering how I'm going to make it in life. Um, And then of course, the state of Iowa, where I'm originally from was like, hey, why don't you spend six days in jail and figure that shit out? Um, No, seriously, I was speeding and I ended up going to jail for six days. For speeding? Yep, speeding. (laughs) I know they're quite harsh in America, but blind. It's a little extreme. You must be going really fast. I hope. No, 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 no. I was just constantly, like, constantly speeding. And I would always use this, the term, like, success loves speed. Totally not true. (laughs) 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 Totally not true. Um, But after that, I spent three years in my parents' living room trying to figure out, like, what are you going to do? Who are you going to be? Uh, Where are you going to go? And having no money, it's actually really difficult to build a business 
um, when there are siblings moving in and out of the house, going to high school, whatever. I'm the oldest of three. Um, I also went to college and um, dropped out. Like, you know, I'm the best at doing, <laughs> getting in trouble and trying to figure shit out. So um, I've had the business the last seven years and it's been an amazing journey. Lots of yeah. ups and downs, lots of like, just trying to figure stuff out. But at the end of the day, being able to impact thousands of people across the world. I mean, there's nothing like it. I want to talk about an awakening moment. When did you see, you kind of jumped quite quickly there. Like you was at your parents and you think, what the hell am I going to do? How am I going to work this out? <laughs> and then when did you think, oh, that's it. Or I'll try that. Or, and even when did it start to come good? And you think, yeah, this is it. I'm going to run with this. I'm going to tell you what I did. And I don't recommend people do this, but this is what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I actually watched YouTube and I watched like Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone when Grant was nobody yeah. and like all of these people. Right. And I'm like, they're doing these awesome things. And so I felt like, Hey, if he's doing it, like it shouldn't be too hard, but it's really hard. <laughs> so, um, mm. so I just did like a trial by fire. And then finally on my fourth year in business, I was like, Oh, get smart, hire a coach. So what, right? did, what, did you, what did you start when you say fourth year in business? What did you start doing? Like, what did, where was that point? You said, right, I'm going to start a business. What did I, what did you start doing? Yeah. So I started by um, saying I'm a consultant and then I would regurgitate stuff <laughs> that I learned on YouTube, oh. which is a terrible <laughs> idea. But I, I was like, I guess it's better than making no money. <laughs> Well, anything in particular? Just personal development. Okay. I was like super attached to personal development and business. When did you feel like it started or at least you wasn't just regurgitating stuff on YouTube and you felt like I'm actually quite good at this and you started to feel like you had like, a little bit more traction? Um, when clients paid more money because <laughs> I actually had to care then because when people pay money, right? If it's a small amount, let's just say like $100 for two hours of coaching that's not really all that much. And mm -hmm. they can pay to get a book um, for that same price and learn something from the book. Yeah. But if they're paying you a thousand dollars, that's completely different. Like you have to level up. You're, you're sort of forced, like they already know that stuff. So you got to yeah. come with something completely different, completely new, completely out of the box. So at that point I decided like, just be yourself and forget like everything you learned and just talk about what you know. Yeah. And just be confident in that. Consuming so much stuff and then regurgitating, it's kind of, it's naturally you're absorbing it and you'll find your own style as well, I'm sure. Who do you really think, this is my Yoda question, who really helped awaken your alpha? Yeah, okay. So my mentor, actually, his name is Rick Derlinger. Him and I have known each other for the last 13 years and I sort of like, was like his wingman. Yeah. Um, and so that for me has been monumental in my success by far. And he still has the same job in corporate America doing his thing. Hardest working guy I know, but I mean, what do you, you can't force people out of their jobs. So <laughs> not <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, you're employer entrepreneur, nothing wrong with either one, but you, you know, it's important to know what fits you and what you want to do. And you, sure. you, like, you can flourish in either. What would you say, uh, more recently, was one of your biggest failures when you thought like, oh, it really didn't go as you'd expected? Oh, so we'll just jump into India then. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> tell us so, about India. What's the, the gave it all away and moved to India kind of bullet in your bio. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, February 1st of this year, I actually married a guy. And we had lived together. We had like multiple homes. We had multiple cars. We had... Great. Like everything was amazing. Our life was incredible. 
Um, and his kids lived in India because that's where he was originally from, but he stayed in the States the last 10 years. And so we gave away everything. We didn't sell it. We gave it away. Um, and we took 256 pounds, got on a plane, went to India, landed, ended up at my in-laws house who I had never met before <laughs> in a third world country where I had never <laughs> been before. So <laughs> like, you know, it's one thing to battle third world conditions. However, this was completely different because, um, I didn't realize like he had been married for 12 years. So when you're Muslim, apparently you can have more than one wife. So <laughs> after 29 days, I was like, no, this is like the most insane, ridiculous thing I've ever done to give all my stuff away. So when I said like I'm a traveling nomad, it's sort of like by, yes, I chose to do it, but then I had to go through all this shit to get there. I know yeah. the marriage, like get a one-way ticket back to America, like <laughs> start from zero, no house, no car. So no. How, how long were you married for? Or are you still married? No, 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 no. no. I annulled the marriage instantaneously. So I guess I was married like less than two months. Whoa. <laughs> That's quite a yeah. bombshell to drop that he's already married as well, if you didn't know. Oh, well, he told me via text message. So <laughs> oh, my God. I was on vacation. Um, and yeah, I was very like distraught. Like it was horrible. It I'm was surprised. Horrible. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay, so you mentioned about, you know, people have experienced devastation, divorce, and it helped them create radical change. I mean, and you, it's good to sometimes, you know, teach <laughs> from, from uh, experience. So what's, from your own experiences and, uh, and helping other people, what, how do you help people rebuild, transition, make changes that actually stick? Yeah, okay. So I, you know, I talk about business and I talk about sales a lot. What I realized is that every successful business owner, no matter how much money they've made, no matter what kind of accolades they've accumulated, or no matter what kind of business they're running, will ultimately want, run into one of these three things, death, devastation, or divorce. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. um, because even if you don't get uh, death or divorce, you will have devastation, whatever. So at the end of the day, I'm working with business owners to radically transform like how they see themselves when they're in these types of situations and their business is not running like it should be because they've, they've put themselves in a situation that they're the most vulnerable. Um, so let me give you a couple examples. So I've got a client out of Canada. Um, she actually initiated a divorce with her I guess, former husband, um, and he committed suicide. And so at that point, she had a $2.3 million business a year. Um, and like her world stopped. Yeah. But she still had employees, mouths to feed, bills to pay, a business to run, right? Yeah. Um, so we have to look at all of these moving parts. And it's, you know, I guess, especially men are, hey, let's just move on, right? But that doesn't mean they're not dealing with emotions. Yeah. They just deal with them on a much different scale. And so you have to like look at that and say, hey, how are we going to move through this while you're dealing with whatever's happening over here? So the first thing that I would have people do, and I have every client do this and they hate me for doing this, but um, for the first three to seven days, I ask them to write down everything that they're doing in 15 minute increments. And I want to know, like, yeah. what are you doing? Are you going to the bathroom? Are you riding in your car? Are you playing music? Are you meditating? Like, 
Are you making sales calls? And every single person that goes through this exercise is like, I really hate Melissa because my productivity is terrible, but I'm unconsciously aware of the decisions that I make and that are impacting the business or impacting my relationship or my fitness or whatever, even my money. Yeah. Right. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that when you have that information, you have to know what to do with it. So I tell people draw um, on a piece of paper, two circles and they should interlap. Yeah. Okay. So in the middle is your zone of genius. That is the thing that you should do all the time. Meanwhile, the other two circles are the things that other people should be doing for you. So you have a virtual circle where, you know, they can send email blasts and um, social media, video, whatever over here. And over here, you have a personal thing where they can like be a chef, do your laundry, your lawn, whatever you need done over here. But in the middle is your zone of genius. Men and women uh, do this very, very differently. So men think that because they are the owners of the company, they should be able to do a lot of these things um, and very quickly, and they're the best at that. Yeah. So the one example that I have um, that really sticks out is we had an executive, we took him through this exercise, um, and we tried to figure out like, how are we going to get you more time with your family? It turns out he's writing email campaigns long hours into the night. He's Whoa. really like, I'm the best at these email campaigns. No one's going to write them better than me. Right. Yeah. Um, and we freed up 1600 hours within a year. Whoa. For him to do other things. I love the sound of that. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as somebody else started writing those campaigns, they started converting at a higher rate. Yeah. So Mm. all of these years that he's been doing this, I mean, let's just say 10 years, that's like 16,000 hours. That's a lot, a lot of time to not have with your family. So you're not always the best. And you need to know, like, what are you really a genius at? Now, your books are really varied. And I suppose one of the points, you know, I give some people some of the titles. Be ballsy, be a baller, millionaires of money. I like this sound of this one. Rise up champion, bold, Trumponomics, um, 30 days of hell. What is probably within that, if you had to say, might be different on a daily basis. Which one is your favorite at the moment? Which one are you most proud of? You know what? Um, well, I would say that like I'm most proud of 30 Days of Hell, even though it was terrible to go <laughs> through and that book was never supposed to be written. However, um, from a business perspective, I would actually say Millionaires and Money. Mm. Um, and the reason I say that specific book is because I um, interviewed 12 of my closest friends and I asked them, let's talk about sex, the correlation between sex and sales, And how are we seducing clients as well as how are we um, seducing our spouse, right? Okay. Okay. So they're closely tied together. So 10 of the 12 were males. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because it's actually much more challenging to find female uh, millionaires. And as a result, I spun that into my own show called The Millionaire's Hot Seat. So it's a podcast as well, isn't it? It is. And you can watch it as well. It's a YouTube channel as well, or is it? Yes, it is. Very cool. Um, Yep. So I was like, this is fascinating to me. How are millionaires, um, like, how are they thinking? What are they doing? Who are they acting with? Like, how do they go about their everyday life? And this has fascinated me, even though I am one. Hmm. Um, Every day I get to talk with a different person and I get to like learn. We all come up in our head and I did this, you know, seven years ago. I was like, oh, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. 
what is like, what's the significance of a million dollars? Yeah. Like, what are you actually going to do with that money? Who are you going to be in order to attain that? You know, and so all of those questions are important. And you can't just go to one person and say, I need the answers to this. Yeah. Over a period of time, if you study these people, uh, male or female, everybody has their own perspective. Almost all of them follow in alignment. And as a result of that, you can pick and choose like, oh, I want that guy to mentor me. So let's just say um, I interview Adam on my show, right? Now suddenly people are like, well, I want to know what Adam's doing because I can connect with Adam. And now we're not so um, unreachable. Amongst all them people you study, and that's why I think it's so useful, like you say, to study people because you can't really just take one opinion off the bat. What are some of the similarities that you found that are almost kind of universal, maybe in slightly different variations across some of these people you've interviewed? Take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the big things is like everybody says, just take a 20 minute nap, Uh, meditate on a regular basis. Um, When you meditate, you get your best ideas. Um, work aggressively, but work smart. So mm. if you're going to choose something to focus on, then focus on that one specific task, but don't spread yourself out to six tasks at one time. Just do one task at one time. So if you're doing, um, let's just say sales calls, then you're not going to be opening Facebook or, you know, sending text messages or answering emails or any of that. You're, you're only going to be calling people and that's it. Yeah. Um, another thing is like make time for your spouse. And this is a, this is a big one because I think as executives, entrepreneurs and men, especially, um, (laughs) I would, you know, they, they oftentimes schedule time in their calendar saying like, Oh, I need day night at this time on this day. And for women, we think that's weird. Like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) My wife does. Why why do we need a schedule? Right. (laughs) Like I am your spouse, <laughs> uh, but we're so engraved in this business that it's like, we have to schedule time out. Otherwise it's just not going to happen. Make sure you're removing yourself from the business from time to time so that you can have that, um, man time. Yeah. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yeah. So I'm going to talk about, you're not the only person who's decided to write a book. How do you get a book? And you've obviously done eight, five of them international bestsellers. How, and you obviously, the fact that you've done both, you can tell the difference. How do you manage to get a bestseller? And what is the difference? Do you feel like that some of your books have done better than others? And what's that process like? Because as I say, everyone can self-publish nowadays. So, but the international bestseller, as opposed to um, just, you know, writing your own book is a big differentiation. So how do you, what is the process and what are some key tips that you can help share with us? Be emotional. So like, you know, guys want to hide their emotion, be emotional. Like women want to hear your emotions, whether you're talking, whether you're writing or whatever. Um, the other thing is like, I've always written this, um, for me more than anybody else. Yeah. So even though the premise might be to sell coaching, to sell whatever, right. Yeah. It should always be for you first and for no one else. Um, because the, the whole game plan isn't to sell a million books. It's to make an impact on somebody's life. And so just writing to write is not something that I advise people to do. Um, things that have helped me become successful in that specific arena are just like life events. Um, that I've happened to write about and I can correlate that to business. 
Um, and that's oftentimes what I do. So uh, back three years ago when I first started writing, so Be Ballsy was my first one, and that one did not hit the international bestseller yep. list. The second one did. And both that, of them were written in 56 days. So they were um, written consecutively. I think that's a key thing as well. That's what I, my well, point you're banging them out potentially, especially if you've, if they've been building up for a while, like a lot of people are sitting on a book or two within them, procrastinate too long, I think, I think anyway. I don't know. So I have no idea about that. But like for me, I never <laughs> plan on writing a book ever. That was not on my agenda. <laughs> it accidentally happened and I accidentally yeah. got successful because of it. I suppose, why did um, you write a book? What was the initial, at that moment, you think, I'm going to write a book? Yeah. So I'm, I moved into this big ass house. I was like finally successful, if you want to call it yeah. that. And I got it end of the cul-de-sac, beautiful, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, two, you know, two kitchens, two living rooms, like ridiculous, right? <laughs> I don't need this house, but yeah. I need this house. <laughs> uh, we always think we need something and don't really need it. So I was dating a rocket scientist for about a year. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know anyone hardly who knows a rocket scientist. That's usually wow. just a... Usually just a term, like... Oh, no, no. <laughs> okay, so That's in cool. the state of Iowa, there's a company called Rockwell Collins, Boeing, Honeywell. They all employ rocket scientists. Yeah. So Iowa, if you need rocket scientists, you come to Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that guy walked into my living room and dumped me, and I just picked up the computer and I started, like, writing. Yeah. Um, and so I never anticipated on writing a book. But if you line up the eight books, spine by spine, You'll notice the first two are actually upside down. That tells you I literally knew nothing about writing books. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I still use that to this day because even though I've become professional now, I was once an amateur. So which one was your first bestseller and what was the difference? What was the turning point? Um, Be a Baller was my first bestseller. Yeah. And I think like the turning point was just, I had just enough momentum um, from the first one. Okay. And then I personally picked up the phone and called every newspaper, every television outlet, ah, every radio wow. station. I was like, hey, I hit the bestseller list. So the momentum kept building because if you look through my um, accolades on Facebook and that, that album that's public, um, you'll notice like there's probably eight or 10 newspapers that ran the same exact story when that nice. book came out. Nice. Yeah. So, but I personally picked up the phone. Yeah. That's I mean, a lot of people don't do that. They think that someone's just going to find their book and go, wow, everyone needs to know about this and do it for them. Yeah, 30 Days of Hell is the most recent. Um, so I, that was a totally different approach because that was a completely different situation. Mm -hmm. This last one um, really is about like what life was like in India mm. and how to not do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that book's becoming a movie. I've got my own television show coming up. Wow. So, so okay, let's. That, you just glance over these things that are just, you know, massively yeah, impressive. Like, I need to, I'm going to dig into it because that's, that's what I'm here for. So, with the 30 Days of Hell, I'm like, oh, I just got to move. How did that happen? And what are your, your personal key activities? You got a book, even though obviously you've built up momentum from the previous books, but mm -hmm. what are your, where you think the most bang for your buck in terms of what activities are you going to do to help push this? Are you still ringing people, ringing, you know, new Oh yeah, stuff. hell yes. Is, is I run the movie studio and I said, let me send, send you a book. Yeah. <laughs> You'll love this. Everybody yeah. loves this. Absolutely. So, <laughs> well, yes. so yeah, give us, give us like your, cause obviously this thing you're doing, you probably, actually this ain't working so well, or there may be tactics. You think, this is the, and I'm going to do lots of this. Or like within that, like just fine tuning. Cause I'm sure you have tweaked your process slightly. 
For sure. Like I am a shameless promoter, but I do it very tactfully. And I don't say like, oh, I'm an expert or like I'm the best at or mm. the world's greatest. Because yeah. that's certainly not true. What I am is exactly that, what I am. So I will say to somebody like, this is exactly what happened. People are like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Do are all of these books self-published? It sounds like because they obviously they come out quite quickly. I got one publisher to offer me a hundred bucks. Like, what is a hundred dollars going to pay? For? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not going to pay for anything. So I'm better off to go the self-publishing route. And there's some benefits to that, and there's some not so great benefits to that. So, you know, some of the benefits obviously are that you you can order as many as you want. You can um, change like the back cover or whatever you want on demand. All of those things are on demand. Yeah. The downside of self-publishing, though, is that you will not be in Barnes & Noble, so you have to actually fly to New York and do the whole Barnes & Noble, like, get me in type of thing. Um, you will also have a very difficult time getting into libraries mm -hmm. unless, again, you're out marketing the libraries. So I myself have personally dropped off and talked to entire library boards because I'm shameless about it. I'm yeah. like, hey. Do you did you give them books or did they did they buy books or you just was like, hey, and just slip some in there or? Okay, so <laughs> first I gave them yeah. one copy of each. Yeah. And then I said, let me do an, a talk here so I can sell. Ah. <laughs> so once you give somebody a gift, it's sort of like, oh, I gotta reciprocate. So cool. What can I do for you? Awesome. Let let you talk. Okay, cool. Oh, I didn't realize she was so badass at selling. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> when it comes to self-publishing, are, are they all, would you recommend a certain self-publishing route or are they all kind of, it's kind of your pick your whatever you fancy or do, are they all pretty generic do you feel or is there a certain resources you use around writing books and in general business as well? Definitely. So Create Space is my go-to. Mm -hmm. So I, I use create space because it's owned by Amazon. Amazon takes 40%. I don't really care about that because yeah. they give me a platform. They give me an audience and they give me uh, multiple countries. Yeah. So all I have to do then is if, if I wanted to sell it in English, I can totally do that. But I have a Spanish translator on hand. She's, she translated in Spanish. We can go to the, the Hispanic markets um, and polarize there as well. So that takes me to the international broad reach. And yeah. then um, because of that, I'm able to do events. I'm able to come in and do keynotes. I'm able to, you know, just expand beyond English. Yeah. You said about uh, bulk by ordering as well. When it comes to the physical book, is that, do they print on demand through the, through create space or how does that work? Um, yes. and, and do you, do you personally sort of bulk buy a load and does that work out better for you or do you just order as you go? Yeah, I totally order as I go. Okay. <laughs> cool. I totally order as I go because what happens then is like, all right, let's say I have an event at the Hyatt in Houston, Texas, right? Yep. So I order the books, I ship them to the Hyatt, I arrive at the Hyatt, I sign the books, we have the event, and I don't have any inventory to carry, I don't have any luggage to carry, and I don't have to worry about where that next book is going to go. Yeah. Because I already know that order is going to be placed, and this is where it's going. Are there any other tools and resources that you use within your business model? Because I know books are, a, you know, a key piece of it. And then you speaking and then working with coaching people. Is there any other key resources that you use within your business that you, that you think has helped make you so successful? Go okay. For it. Yeah. So I reach out to podcasters 
Um, that's how we connected. Adam and I have never met before. We've never talked before. We mm -hmm. don't really know anything about each other except we're having this conversation. So once you reach out to podcasters or you start your own podcast, build the relationship because that is the fundamental key to turning a conversation into a conversion of cash. Mm. And so when I started my own podcast, I uh, literally invited all of the podcasters whose show I had been on, all of the guests that I had on my show to an annual Christmas event. And it's a three-day event. I pay for everything. I pay for the massage therapist to come out, the chef, the DJ, everything is paid for. Um, all the guest has to pay for is flight, accommodations, and transportation. During these three days, we sort of mastermind, and everybody gets to just learn what other people are doing to become more successful. So we've got brick and mortars mingling with online, online mingling with brick and mortars, and like everybody gets a taste of what it's like in a different business model, a different business concept, all of that. And that's the whole premise. Like if you're going to reach out to somebody and say, Adam, I want to be on your podcast. I need to know that I have to add immense value to Adam and his audience. If I'm not doing that, there's no point in me even coming on the show. I saw the, the accolades and that's the reason to, like you say, you know, shame, not shameless promote, but you, you know, put it out there if you've done something good. And obviously the, the titles of the books, I mean, you had me at stuff like baller and bold and rise up champion. I'm like, let's, let's have a talk. <laughs> awesome, awesome <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I always end every interview and I guess this will be a key takeaway for you. because I'll ask you this. Um, but what value can I bring you? You know, do you need an, uh, an introduction to somebody that I know? Do you, what do you need that I can provide right now that would bring value to you in your business? Um, and leaving every conversation with that question, leaves the other person feeling amazing about themselves because they know that you can come back and say, Hey, Melissa, you know, I saw you're connected with Joe. Can I get an introduction to Joe? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course, because I value that. Now you mm. actually have to care. You have to value it and you have to be genuine about it. You can't just bullshit people. It just doesn't work. Definitely. Well, link to that then, who do you recommend from your network would be, you think would be a, a really good interview for this, for this type of podcast and this show? So the first person that comes to mind actually is my personal trainer, Glenn Dawson, out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, and the reason he comes to mind is because I can tell just by the way you're talking and motioning that you're into fitness. <laughs> um, but I also think that people need to learn, um, specifically men need to learn how to get out of their office chair and actually take a break from the momentum that they're creating um, online and get fit and free of the daily grind that we, we trap ourselves in. Amongst all of this we've been talking about, is there a particular quote that uh, resonates with you or you like to live your life by, or it just springs to mind when someone says, what's one of your favorite quotes of all time? Yeah, just live fearless. Don't worry about what other people think, what other people are doing or where they're going. Focus on what you are doing, where you're going and who you are. Awesome. Yeah. And what, what is the best way, apart from reading all your books, the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more about you and everything you get up to? Sure. So um, my favorite is Facebook. Um, and, uh, you know, next to that is millionairesandmoney.com. It's the same as melissacravacic.com. Very easy to remember and very easy to spell. That's why I use it. So um, you can find everything there from the podcast, the books, and um, of course, probably this interview as well. So millionairesandmoney.com. Cool. And what's next for you? 
what's the future hold? What's coming for the rest of this year? What's on the horizon? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> so I just got offered a television show yesterday. So that'll be starting in October. So that's wow. freaking what? exciting. Yeah, I'm going to do my, my mastermind in December. I'm going to do an epic photo shoot August 30th. Uh, we'll have the television show in between. It's been an absolute pleasure today. Thanks for coming on and sharing all and everything you get up to. I think we need the full amount of time just to, you know, get through the books and your process and all that you're up to so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. This show was especially amazing, so thank you. No worries. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Also head over to Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW to join a great group of men in there. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. <laughs>